can't risk it. Brandon, you know you know Brian. Never met him in person. I've just seen him on all the uh, documentaries out there. Imagine if your name was Brandon Fuck It instead of Brandon Luck It. It's it's been used more than once, that's for sure. <laughs> no judgment. It would it would be it would make you more noticeable in the crowd. You're right. You probably have to spell it with a ph, or your shit would get canceled. That's true. Yeah. You're a little bit of a fashion a fashion a piece uh, from your Instagram. You and your lady like to dress up nice, and then I think, well, I guess you are kind of a doctor. You're kind of a scientist. You're kind of a you. You are smarty pants. So maybe that's why you're wearing a collared shirt. <laughs> the, the collared shirt's required for us at work, and so. Um, but I mean, my setup here is better at work than it was at home. So I figured I'd just do this here instead of a, uh, you know, being with the dog and. My mother-in-law is at our house right now, so it just wouldn't be very quiet back at home. So I figured this was better. Is she cool? My mother-in-law? Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. My my, my in-laws are pretty great. Oh, that's cool. You're lucky. Brian, you better say something great. I heard we either keep someone or lose someone in the first 45 seconds of a podcast. So if you're going to talk, say something edgy right now. Now's your chance. I don't have anything edgy. It's just, weren't, were you just at Fuck, a training I camp? It. I knew it. <laughs> Was I at a training camp? Yeah. Like, did you just get back home? Yeah, I was up in Colorado for uh, train Friday through Sunday last weekend. And then how far yeah. is that from where you actually live? Eight hours, but I flew. I was in Louisiana before working with my dad. Flew from Louisiana to Colorado and then flew from Colorado back to Oklahoma. And R- let my riv- wife, her mom, drive my truck back up here. Riveting. Riveting, yeah. Brian. Riveting. No, that's not your fault, Brandon. <laughs> He walked you into the boring zone. Uh, All you right. people out there who... You, you always want to ask every athlete if they're traveling, what they're doing to get ready for the games. He's traveling quite a bit. That's, mi- that's minute 40 when I fucking run out of shit to say. <clears throat> I said he was home, and I know I knew he was just traveling, so I just wanted to find out. Those those of you out there who are who are judging people, you're the ones fucking ruining everything for everybody. You're ruining life for yourself, and you're ruining life for the rest of us. Stop judging shit. Judging shit doesn't mean seeing someone who's fat and being like, that person's fat. Judging judging someone is seeing someone who's fat and then calling them disgusting. Or seeing a a big old, you know, 20,000 bugs at a gas station in Florida and thinking it's disgusting instead of silencing your fucking mind and pushing your judgment away and realize it's a signal from the world. Maybe it means it's going to rain in 20 minutes. Maybe it means it's always October 14th. Stop judging shit. Just relax and have fun like the rest of us. We party. Don't be a cunt. Sorry. I know you're a godly man, but I, ha- it w- I was in the shower this morning. seeing all these dumbasses. You know, I don't let my kids say the word. I would let my kids say the word fuck 3,000 times before I'd let them use the word disgusting. It, it's, it's, there's nothing on God's green earth, and I don't even believe in God, that's disgusting. Or very few things. It just, it's just, I don't know, in the shower. It's a free thought. Yeah, when I was soaping my pubes with a Dove bar. <laughs> you are, um, you are quite the the man child. You're quite the catch. You're like, uh, you are handsome. You got a haircut. You're buff. You work hard, and you're smart. And uh, you're a medical physicist. And uh, on top of that, um, 
you're probably pretty easy to keep because you're, oh man, this is tough to say. Your cohort at work is not going to snatch you from that epic specimen of a female that you've already captured. So, I mean, she's really landed a, a good one. We both landed a good one, I think. Right, right. I mean, you definitely did. You scored. You <laughs> scored. Where are you from? Are you from Baton Rouge? Where's home for you? I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have some super duper attractive girlfriend, and you could have just ended up with someone with one tooth. <laughs> it, there's a lot to choose from down there. Speaking of judgments, <laughs> they most of them have all their teeth down there, but uh, if you get outside of the big cities, they lose them. Uh, yeah, it happens when you feed your baby Mountain Dew. <laughs> Louisiana's not all that bad. I know, I know. The time I've spent there, I uh, I filmed a documentary pulling John in Homa, Louisiana. Ooh, my my sister's husband's from Homa, Louisiana. And it was with a guy named... Man, I really liked him. I would even call him a friend. Isn't it weird? Now I can't remember. Uh... Molinaire, something Molinaire. He he arm wrestled in a hundred and fifty four pound class. He was a Native American. Beautiful <laughs> long hair. God, what's his la- his first name? Anyway, you're going to the CrossFit Games. Yes, sir. You're going to get some YouTube views for us on our YouTube and make Brian and I eighteen dollars. Well, not Brian. <laughs> I don't share the money with him. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. I mean, anything I can do for you guys. You're a good dude. You're a Thank good you. dude. Um, to, uh, for my, what's up with your education? What are you doing? Are you done with school? Um, kind of, yes. I finished my residency on June 30th. So I officially f- finished my residency, but <clears throat> before I before I decided or before I ranked uh, OU, um, University of Oklahoma, uh, in the match program, I kind of worked out a deal with the the director of the program here to stay three extra months to study nuclear medicine, which wasn't really a large part of our program. And that three extra months would lead me into the eligibility to get doubly board certified in nuclear medicine and diagnostic imaging. And so I'm staying here for a stint of uh, until September, I guess really until October, but through September to study nuclear medicine. And where is, and where is there again? Uh, University of Oklahoma. It's uh, okay. the Health Science Center. So it's in the city. The university is down like 30 minutes south in a city, Norman. But I'm up in the city of Oklahoma. I went to Norman once. What a what a um, what a trip that that city exists out there in the middle of nowhere with all those beautiful people. Oklahoma's a crazy state. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's not a whole lot of people down here, but uh, Norman's going off. Is it? I've never I've never been to Norman. There's a huge gym down there, Coda CrossFit, but I've never been down there. It is going off. It's a trip. It's like an oasis in the middle of nowhere. And so, so are you a physician? No, sir. Uh, so I, I got my bachelor's in physics. There's like pure physics. Um, and then a master's degree in medical physics and then a residency. So it's a, it's like a, the, the path is similar to like a medical school where you would go to a postgraduate medical school and then a four year residency. But um, we don't do patient care, especially in diagnostic. Like, there's in medical physics, there's a few different um, like fields of of study. One is radiation therapy, where you actually would have some patient interaction, but you're still not a physician. But uh, on my side, there's there's no patient interaction. 
Um, so I just have a master's degree and they call it a residency because it's clinical training, um, which confuses a lot of people when they ask what I do. And I tell them that I'm in a residency, but uh, no, I'm not a, not a physician. What, what, what does your residency look like? Yeah, it's, it's two years of uh, – at OU, they structure it to where, you know, the there's two residents. Um, so the medical physics field is really small. Um, each program accepts one, maybe two residents each year. There's 14 in the United States for a couple hundred applicants. Um, but I, I was trained by the second-year resident whenever I started. I wasn't trained a whole lot by the professors here, um, aside from like the, the courses I took with them. Um, and then once I finished my first year and the second year resident was done, I became the one to train the, the first year resident. So that's kind of, we learn from a resident and then we teach a resident and that's kind of like, uh, the broad based structure of our program. But I mean, we schedule our work. We work in the clinic with, uh, you know, the, the staff and the machines that we work on. Um, it, it's, it's kind of weird because our, our, our professors are, don't really dictate a whole lot about our schedule. It, we're pretty free from like day one. We're here and like really performing the, like the job of a medical physicist in the clinic. And give me an example of what that is. Like, more, like more specifically, like I, yeah. you're not at the photocopy machine stapling papers. Like when I was a TA in physics in the high school. Yeah. So, <clears throat> The you know the machines that produce radiation um, in the medical field, uh, X-rays, um, CTs, MRIs, ultrasound—they all use some kind of radiation, whether it be like photon radiation, sound radiation, which is I guess a type of—it you know, is a type of radiation, like magnetic wave radiation. All of those use radiation to create images, and so I study the diagnostic imaging. Um, but in that in that idea is the the safety and quality of treatment for patients. Safety being, you know, we don't want to give too much radiation dose to a patient just to get a simple x-ray. You know, we don't want to put them at any kind of risk for any kind of, you know, hair loss or, you know, erythema or anything like that. And, uh, but we also want to get good imaging, right? And so there's like this balance that we play in the field, um, to, to optimize that, that, uh, patient visit, you know, the imaging. Um, but at the same time, there's also state and federal regulations that govern, you know, the acceptable limits of radiation exposure to a patient um, for any kind of imaging. And so uh, we also kind of make sure that every single machine used, you know, x-ray room, CT, whatever it might be um, in a clinic is well under that limit to just ensure patient safety and uh, quality of treatment. So. Uh, I yeah. Is there is there a dress code? Are you allowed to show up in board shorts, flip flops, and a and a baggy sweatshirt that says "I'm all natural"? No, no, because I mean, um, we're, we're I mean we're in the clinic. And patients see us, the techs see us. You know, they're they're in their professional like you know their scrub attire. But um, you know, I, I don't want to walk into a you know a cath lab with a bunch of you know physicians and techs and nurses and anesthesiologists dressed like a you know like I'm going to the gym or something. I want to look professional, especially, you know, walking around in the hospital. Um, and then, you know, even after that, whenever you're not working for a university and I'll be working for my father, you know, part of that's like a business professional. You, know, you, you want your clients to think that, you know, you're dressed appropriately and you look good and, you know, 
they want to be proud that you're walking in the doors and walking out the doors, whatever it might be. You'll be working with your father? That's how I got into medical physics, yeah. Uh, what's your father do? He uh, So he used to be a therapy physicist um, for a clinic down in Baton Rouge. Started doing imaging consulting on the side where you contract out to smaller clinics that might have like, you know, one MRI, one CT, and one x-ray room. So their patient load's not real high. They don't want to hire a medical physicist to be an in-house physicist because there wouldn't be enough work and it'd be too much, you know, too, too large of a cost for that clinic. So he'd you have a little contract for them to go in once a year and run the tests on the machines. Um, started doing that on the side. And then it became, you know, lucrative enough for him to step away from being a clinical therapy physicist and doing just the consulting. And over the past 20 years, he it's just been him. You know, he's got no staff in his company. He's got a single proprietorship LLC, um, contracts out to a bunch of different clinics through Louisiana and Mississippi. Um, and yeah, I mean, going into undergrad, you know, he and I decided that that's what I would end up doing. Um, cause he had a great lifestyle. Uh, you know, he made his own schedule, worked whenever he wanted to, didn't when he, you know, there was no limit on vacation days. You know, he had a lenient lifestyle, but he worked really hard and, uh, I loved the, the structure and what he did. So we decided that's what I'd do. And October 1st, I'll be starting full time with him. Are you excited? Oh, I'm stoked. I can't wait to work. I, part of my the deal I worked with my uh, university is that my dad, my dad does a lot of nuclear medicine work and more work than the university here does. Um, for example, the university has five nuclear medicine labs here that we you know do quality assurance on. The first week I worked with my dad in uh, July, we did 22 in two days. Um so it's, he, he does a lot of volume, and that can give me a lot of supplemental experience. And so I'll, I did a week with him in July. I'll do a week with him in August. And then I traded my week with my dad in September for the CrossFit Games because I worked out. I mean, I only get three weeks off during this three-month stint to work uh, with my dad, but I had to trade one of those to go compete. Damn. There, there's an Instagram photo um of you, you are, it, I'm, it, it looks like you're, um, if I remember correctly, you were, you wrote and it looks like you're at the state championships for wrestling. Yeah, that was, that was back in high school. Yes, sir. And you're pointing to your dad and you make a, you make a statement basically saying, hey, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do this just for me. I did this for my dad. T tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty selfish questioning too, because I, I need to learn something here. So no details too. I want my kid to point at me when he wins some sort of championship. Yeah, my my dad was always there. Um, I mean, both my parents have always been the most supportive individuals you can imagine. Um, but my my dad was like, you know, he was very connected to like the sports side of things, and um, you know, in school, he he always wanted us to just excel in whatever we did, and was like, he was hard on us, but super encouraging of us and you know there's my favorite picture again is from high school of me warming up for a wrestling match you know but my dad's like right by me you know and he, he was always by my side um and I, I attribute a lot of my success to my parents but i think my dad had like a special hand in that because a lot of what i've done has been from his en encouragement and uh especially like now the past eight years the whole goal has been to get back to Louisiana to, to work for him and help him grow his business and eventually 
let, allow him to retire and take over all of his work. But uh, I mean, he's like one of my my best buddies, you know, him, my, between my brother, you know, a few friends I got outside of, uh, you know, CrossFit or my family. You know, he's my best bud. Are you very physical with your dad? A lot of hugging, kissing. Yeah, like yeah, we, we, yeah, we've always been. We've always like hugged. Um, I don't kiss him on the lips or anything, but yeah, you kiss on the cheek every time I see him. Yeah, bite um, him, maybe bite him on the shoulder. No biting, <laughs> just a kiss on the cheek. Not too often. Okay, yeah, my kids yeah. still bite me, but they're only four, four, two four-year-olds and a six-year-old. I get bit a little bit. It's weird. I never knew I liked biting. They they found something new in me. Um, and when you say he was hard on you, um, uh. What do you, what do you mean by that? What, what's that look like? He expected a lot of us. Um, I have a little sister and an older brother. Um, my brother kind of paved the way for for me and my sister because he was a straight A student in high school, um, incredible athlete. You know, three time state finalist, one type one time state champion in wrestling, a two time All American in wrestling. So he was just like a freak, you know, um, super intelligent. An incredible athlete built like a Greek god and uh i was always kind of chasing that especially whenever i like i saw the approval from my my parents you know kind of had like that uh that middle child syndrome or whatever you want to call it but yeah my dad was always really hard not not really hard on us but always expected like top performance um and i never really gave that until i got out of high school um i was able to give good performance in like sports but i didn't give a shit about academics really until I realized that the sports weren't going to get me where I wanted to and the academics would. And so I just kind of switched gears completely in, in undergrad. But, um, yeah, he never really took excuses for, for what they are. Um, he just, you know, if we lost a wrestling match, he wouldn't be proud of it unless, unless the other guy was just simply better. You know, he knew whether or not, you know, you were out there, you know, driving the pace in the match or, you know, trying to be offensive or whether, whether you're just like on your heels and being defensive the whole time. And he was honest about it. Same thing goes for every other aspect. You know, if you made excuses for the C you got in class, you know, you, that didn't cut it. And so, yeah, I mean, he wasn't super strict, but I mean, he expected the most. What does he think about this um, uh, pursuit of yours? They both sound like extremely difficult pursuits. I don't know. I don't know which one's harder. Probably the CrossFit one. But what does he think about these two pursuits of yours to become the fittest human being that walks planet Earth, and then also with this um, intense uh, education and job training? Yeah, Matt. I think he's pretty proud of it. Um, but the that's a, it's an interesting question because I mean the 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 education was never an option. The CrossFit's an option, right? Um, even now, like I, I, I have a little bit more flexibility now that I'm finally done with residency. The only next steps from my education will be to get my board certifications. Like that's never an option. Like that's got to be completed because that's going to run the next 50, 70 years of my life. But the sports, I mean, I think you learn so much in sport about yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually, you know, whatever you want to call it, that that was, you know, I guess there's an option, but it was always encouraged. And even like, you know, looking into like the future, he's like, you know, we can make work 
work for you so that you can keep doing this sport. You know, he runs the whole company right now by himself, does the, does the work of, you know, two people. But he's like, I mean, once you're here, you're taking over half the work. You're going to have twice as much free time as I have. You'll be doing half the work that I do now. So you'll be able to juggle both if that's what you want. So he like 100% supports it. I wonder if that's true. I wonder if you'll take over half the work or if the workload will double. That will take some discipline, well, the, right? The goal for me is to certainly, you know, get my own contracts, you know, expand his business so that we can both increase, you know, our, our field of play. But, you know, immediately over the next, you know, one or two years, it, it'll be a slow growth. And I'll take over, you know, whenever I start, I'll take over half. You know, we've already split up the work. Um, he's already he already knows how this is going to play out. I'll take the east half. He'll take the west half. Um, wow. And we'll start attacking it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think things will be a little bit more flexible because I'll be dictating the schedule and dictating how things go. But at the same time, I'll also be learning like a whole new realm of business for me um, that will also take some time. And so it'll it'll be not super. I mean, it'll be time consuming, but he wants to make it work so that I can keep competing for as long as I want. How tall are you? Six foot. Oh, Brian, another one. There are 12 of them, I think. Wow. And how much do you weigh? 203 this morning. Oh, you're too big, buddy. Too big. Pitcher, yeah, pitcher, I, do something else. First base, shortstop, something. I think I got to get a little bit bigger. You're too big. You're too big. You can't do this. You're never going to qualify for the games that big. No, no. Um, have you ever been put in a situation where you had to work and uh, uh, you had to study or work and you're, you had to give up one of your CrossFit workouts? You had to, you had to compromise your training? All the time. All the I mean, time. That's that's regular. Um, it's been a little bit. I mean, in 2018, I think was my hardest uh, stint. I qualified for the games for the first time in 2018, um, and I was in grad school in Houston at MD Anderson. And uh, at the same time that I was training for the games, I was taking full time summer classes for graduate school. I had just started research with an advisor, so I was doing full time research. Um, I had to take the board exams for medical physics uh, like the week after the CrossFit Games, and that required you know a couple months of studying. Um, so I was spread thin. I mean, every weekend, every all, all the free time I had, I was in the library studying, um, and then trying to train, trying to eat. And I was by the time I got to the games, I was spread so thin. I was underweight, underfed, underrecovered, overtrained. Um, especially from like a hormonal standpoint, you know, just probably, you know, hormonal levels through the, just through the floor, just tanked, um, especially like adrenal systems and whatnot, cortisone, probably just all whacked out. So that was hard. And I, even then, you know, I was, I said I was overtrained, but I was overtrained because I wasn't properly recovering and hormones were crap and I wasn't sleeping because I was studying all the time. You know, I, I would drink coffee at like six o'clock at night to stay up to study. And then, you know, you can't sleep well. I mean, I don't, I don't drink coffee after 12 now because I can't sleep. Um, but going into residency where I can dictate the schedule myself because they give us that that responsibility uh, made things a lot easier. Um, but, I mean, even still, there's days where, you know, we're here until, you know, from, from 9 a.m. until 8 p.m. 
and I was supposed to train that day and I simply couldn't or I got home and I only had 30 minutes to to get in the gym and all I can do is you know lift for 30 minutes and so yeah there's always a sacrifice there what what about that sitting in the library is that bad just in terms of your posture being in a chair and, yeah, then, I mean, and then and then also putting your body through all these demands. I, I was just imagining like every time it, it maybe this is just me being a weirdo, but every time I hear about a CrossFit athlete flying somewhere, I'm like, man, that cannot be good. For it, it, yeah. it, it's like parking your car on a salty beach. It just can't be good. Yeah. No. It was. I mean. Yeah, it's not good for you. Uh, I mean, aside from the posture part, you're also just like expending a a ton of mental energy trying to you know you're, you're reading you're remembering you're stressed out because you're thinking of all the things you can't remember or things you haven't read and so just from like outside of a physical standpoint it's like the the mental toll it takes on you i mean so your brain uses a lot of glucose especially when you're you're running and gunning you know studying um so not it's, mine it's, by the way <laughs> not mine yours does mine doesn't yeah Mine uses a lot of uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you know who that is, Rodney Dangerfield? Familiar with the name. Oh. Couldn't tell you any of the music. Oh, you're breaking my heart. He's a comedian. He's a comedian. Oh. <laughs> He's a filthy old man comedian. Damn it. You don't know Rodney Dangerfield. What's the name of that movie, Brian? Old School? Is he the guy who like who's always got a uh, like a cigar and whiskey? No, I think that's your thing in a W.C. Fields. That's even that's even before my time. But Rodney Dangerfield, his famous line was, "I get no respect," and he would like do his collar like this. Uh, I'm familiar with the line, "Don't get no respect." How old are you? Twenty six. And how old is your girlfriend? She's twenty six. Are you guys, Are you guys married? We are. Oh, your wife. And yeah. I like it that you didn't correct me. And I don't correct people when they say my girlfriend too, because she is. A, your girlfriend also i mean i think they they blend it's a nice blend yeah she's my buddy um i was looking at pic- pictures um of you as um a young a young man and it, it's weird because it looks like um i mean i mean she was significantly more attractive than you when you were young and it looked like like you had uh you were like one of those kids with a small fishing pole with like a giant fish on it like holy shit he's just a little boy but he found a woman so yeah Congratulations! She was out of my league. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We met in high school, and but but she definitely saw potential in you. I mean, holy shit, you blossomed. You were like, you know, sunflowers always bloom late in the season. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. just growing and growing, and you're like, and you, they don't even look like flowers. And then finally, kabam! That yeah. Head. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think she had a thing for wrestlers. Ah. So the boyfriend before me was a wrestler, um, and then we started dating. Okay. Uh, but um, so she compromised. Yeah, was, she compromised your look, your your boyish looks, and mm-hmm. your and your mop hair for mm-hmm. knowing that hey, he's building a good foundation. This is a yeah. I went through a couple years of like when because I, I started CrossFit right after high school, um, and I was tiny. I was like 170 pounds and six foot, you know, scrawny. Um, and I also went to like an all boys Catholic school where haircut had to be above the eyebrows, off the collar, off the ears. Um, so like everyone, when you graduated, yeah, you, you grew your hair out. So I grew a mop and then, um, I mean, it was a mop. You have a lot, you had a lot of hair. It was, yeah, it was looking back. I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it too when I was in high school, Brandon. No worries. Yeah. 
Um, and then I also like, you know, I was trying to get big and strong doing CrossFit and I put on, I got, I was at one point I was like 215 pounds. You don't get to 215 pounds from 170, like just lean muscle. So I was a little, I went through like a, just a soft phase where I was just trying to put on weight and it, it didn't look good. Um, uh, by the way, when you say you were scrawny, uh, it, um, just so people at home know, he, he was not scrawny. That's just relative to Brandon's current status. You didn't look scrawny in any of the photos. You always looked like, you always looked like a strong sunflower. You just didn't have the flower yet. Um, no it's, becoming, <laughs> it's becoming one of my favorite parts of the, uh, we interview the athletes. They say, oh, I used to weigh 160, 165, 170, and I was skinny. And I'm like, well, that's me now still. <laughs> Jerry, wait, what's going on? <laughs> Brian, did you ever use steroids? No, thinking that might be my only chance at this point. You never, never in college, you never dabbled in any illegal substances? You never took any DHEA or anything like that? You're asking me? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you. I actually thought of that last night as I was going to bed. I was like, oh, I wonder if Brian ever took steroids. No, I, I never. I've, I've never even thought about it. I don't think I've ever been competitive enough to to consider it. No EPO. No, very. No, nothing at all, really. Interesting. Okay, just checking. <laughs> just wondering. Well, I started watching that last night. I started watching. I can't remember the guy's name, John Santone or something. It's some Italian name. I start, It's from 2016. It's basically an interview with him. And he's basically accusing all CrossFitters of, of mm -hmm. doing steroids. And he says 50% of his clients are CrossFitters. And, and then he go, then they go on to say how naive the people are in the community to think that they're not on steroids. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, Because I mean. I'm pretty, I, I, I think it's, a, uh, and they think that CrossFitters think they're the greatest people in the world and that they're so amazing. I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I think whenever whenever I first started, I was like wondering if every because I mean before I was ever competitive, I used to wonder if there were athletes, you know, doping or whatever it might be, using performance enhancing drugs. Um, and the more competitive I got, and the better I got, and the more I met, you know, these guys, the the more I realized that they weren't, you know, and these these guys just work incredibly hard. Yeah, I, and I think you may have mentioned it in another show. Like, I wonder what they could do if they were all doping. Yeah, you know, like yeah. where where is that ceiling of human potential with like everything allowed? Do you think there's any? I think that'd be. A, do you think there's any credence to the thought? I often hear people say that it's not the people that are at the top of the sport; it's the people that are trying to get there that are the most likely to use. They talk. They talk about that in, in this in this interview also. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that's probably pretty true because um, it's the guys trying to get there. It's easier to make excuses when you're trying to get there, you know, of, you know, I just got to be stronger. So and I can't do it fast enough because, you know, it, it took me. I mean, I started CrossFit eight years ago and I'm still not a strong guy. It takes so much time. And you, you just you look at like these athletes who you think got to where they are in a year. And after a year of training, you're still not where you want to be. So you start making excuses of why you aren't, maybe. And so I think, you're, yeah, I think that's probably got a little bit of uh, truth to it. Of like, when people aren't at that level, they want to make a statement of why they aren't yet. Are you, have you been how. drug? Have you been drug tested, Brandon? 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially, I mean, all of us get drug tested right after semifinals or regionals. If you um, qualify. I've got one random. Yeah. If you qualify. And I've gotten one random drug test at, at the house. Um, is that, is that kind of flattering? It was, yeah, but I think you're like, holy shit! Old. That means that like I'm on the that list. Val- that validates me, yeah. That means that I'm a- they they think I'm a legitimate CrossFit yeah. athlete. Yeah, um, but I think a lot of people got drug tested right before the 2019 games because none of us were at you know a, an event where we could get drug tested. So I don't know how many ended up getting someone at their house before competing in the 2019 COVID games. But uh, wait, 2019 yeah, I mean, someone- or 2020? I guess that was 2020. The, the online, the the online stage one, right? Yes. Sorry. Oh, that's, that's cool. Right. No. Don't say uh, sorry. That was good. That was good. Brian, he did that on purpose to test you. We talked <laughs> yeah. about we talked about that before you came on. That's yeah. That was great. Well done, guys. He sh- well done. He's gonna he's gonna throw in a handful of facts that are off by a few weeks and see if you catch them. Yep. Who who was that? We we were interviewing someone the other day, and they were on a team, and their whole team got tested, but them, and they told us they were disappointed that they didn't get tested. Who was that? Do you remember Brian? No, but I, uh, maybe it was Colton Mertens. <laughs> they just <laughs> overlooked. Is they just overlooked him for some reason. Uh, but he, but was he on a team ever? <laughs> yeah, he did compete with Cross at Kilo, so maybe it was oh, him. Okay. I don't really remember that conversation but, though. You don't remember that story? It was a great story. He basically said, yeah, they, they pulled three of the four aside to test and this person didn't get tested. And they're like, what the fuck? Am I, do I not look like I use? Come on, man. What the hell, bro? Yeah. Hook, hook me up with the test. Hook me up with the test. So is this thing that drives you? Um, is this, is this to, is this a healthy desire to, um, make your dad proud? What's the, what's the pathology behind Brandon? Because I've, yeah, I've always um, said that pe- people have told me you're going to burn your kids out, Sevon, or they're going to resent you one day. And, and my response to them is I don't give a fuck. My, my yeah. feeling is this. Like if, if, if I can run them and educate them and make them super capable by, by the time they're 16, if after that they tell me to go fuck myself, that's fine. When they're 21 and they snap back to reality, they'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad my dad taught me how to dance, fight, wrestle, physics. And, and you know what I mean? They'll like yeah. – it's not my job to get them to like me. My job is right. to somehow motivate them. And I'm wondering if that, and, and I want them to want to make me proud. Right. Well, I, I think that my dad is a very sensitive guy, you know, very much. Like I said, we, we hug and kiss every time we see each other. You know, he's always said, I love you. Always said he's proud of me. So he was very sensitive. He just simply expected a lot. Right. Um, that's me, Brian. And- Look at me. I'm, I'm batting 10 for 10. I'm going to walk away from here being like, I'm the greatest dad in the world next to Brandon's dad. Yeah, I mean, but the motivation isn't, you know, just to make my parents proud. It's because they gave me every opportunity in life to succeed. There was never an excuse for me not to. And so if if I was, you know, white privilege. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it, you know. Um I was I was incredibly privileged, you know. I I By the way, that that is sorry to interrupt one more time, Brandon. That has nothing to do with the color of your skin. That was me being an asshole. It has to do with the fact it's called parental privileged. The only thing you were privileged to have is two fucking parents who stayed together. Your parents are together, right? Yes, sir. Okay, sorry. Go on. Okay, so you felt an obligation because of what life dealt you? Yeah, because yeah, because what I was given, I was given the best cards in the deck, and so for me to not run with those cards and play them and work as hard as I can to be, you know, a good person, good, you know, good student, good athlete, good son, whatever, 
whatever you want to be good at. You know, I, I didn't have an excuse not to be. I could have, you know, screwed around and done drugs or, you know, drank and, you know, not, you know, not worked my ass off. But that would have been the most disappointing thing to myself um, and my parents because I had zero excuses not to. My parents were together. Um, you know, we were financially stable as kids and growing up and I had zero excuses to, to screw up. Did you? Ha- so, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, did you have strong boundaries? Did your parents set strong boundaries? Uh, certainly. I, mean, I was raised Catholic, um, still Catholic. You know, we prayed every night before bed, prayed for every meal, went to church every Sunday. Um, you know, if we drank in high school, there were severe consequences. And so I didn't, I was terrified of getting in trouble for drinking in high school. I didn't touch alcohol until I, almost until I graduated. Um, and, you know, I just, I never wanted to screw up because I was afraid. Like if my, if my parents said they would do something, if we did something, it was held, you know, there was no, you know, if you sneak out, you're grounded for a week and then we sneak out and we were grounded for a day. It was like, if you, if you screw up, you, the consequences are this and they're held. You know, if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do something. I, and I respect my parents a lot for that. Cause I see it a lot where parents are kind of trying to discipline their kids and then they take those discipline. Like they, they're not truthful or not. They don't hold on to what they say. And I was, you know, I, it was ingrained in my mind not to do the, the wrong thing. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the foundation of good parenting. He just told you there is no homeostasis when raising a child. You either fall, either shut your mouth or follow through because when you don't follow through, what you've done is taught your child that something bad. So you have a choice. You can teach your child something good. Or you can teach your child something bad, but letting them off the hook after you've said something teaches them something bad. There's no middle ground. That's the thing parents don't get. That's the thing people don't get. You have to follow through. I'm so glad you said that. It's enormous. It's enormous. And in the end, the child feels more safe. Their world is like you've made their world solid and real. They know. It doesn't become then they waste this time always trying to push boundaries. That's awesome that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, I'm grateful for how we we were raised to to work hard, help out, and, and do the right thing. So maybe you maybe you can't win the games because you don't have like some deep fucked up pathology. Do you know what I mean? Like one yeah. one you're you're pursuing something else that's you know damn hard, and two you're you're just running um on on good stuff like may, may, like. You know what I mean? Like you're you're not yeah. doing it because um, Uncle Buck got you at four, and you're saying <laughs> "fuck you" to the world. Um, yeah, like, you're. But I, I, it might be a shitty thing for me to say, but my goal is not to win. Um, because I know my life doesn't rely on it. Um, I'm not making money from it. I don't make a, I don't make a dime from CrossFit. Um, and I know what I want to do with my life. Um, but I was given a gift. I was given a talent. I was given the opportunity. And so my goal is to kind of see what that physical limit with, with the tools I have is. And that might be second to last place or third to last place again at the CrossFit games, or it might be top 10, whatever it is. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to control as much as I can to see what, what that ceiling is with 
you know, without neglecting work. You know, whenever (laughs) this sport requires you to be incredibly selfish. So I neglect relationships a lot, especially with my wife. um, And she gets that. Uh, I neglect, uh, you know, the, the freedoms that other people do. You know, we eat at two restaurants and otherwise it's completely, you know, we don't stay out late. It's, you know, lights out at 930, it's lights on at 530 during the week. Um, it's I don't see you Saturday and Sunday because I'm gone. And those are your only two days you see me. Um, so there's a lot of neglect, but there's things I'm not like I can't neglect work because that's going to carry me through the rest of the life. Um, and so going back to the, the statement. I want to see like what that potential is without neglecting the things that I cannot neglect. It, it, it's um, it's it's interesting. It would be interesting to hear your wife's take on this. But I, I remember thinking this um, from from a very very young age. A lot of people like the idea of owning a bald eagle, right? It's beautiful. It kicks ass. Like everyone wants to own one. The problem is the second you put that thing in a cage, and you have it in your living room. Every single aspect that you love about that bird is gone. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, a, that's an interesting thing because you are definitely a bald eagle. You're, you're soaring to the highest heights. You're making the biggest kills. You're diving and getting the largest trout. I mean, you're, you're, and so the people around you, they love you for that, right? You're, you're, it, what a fascinating thing to see, um, and to be so close to a bald eagle and yet, if they try to capture you or reel you in or tell you they want you to stop hunting between the hours of three and six, they're fucking you. They're destroying yep. the exact thing they and, – and that takes a real um, – that takes a real wise person to, to, to have a relationship with a bald eagle, a, pa- never, a, a patient and wise person. And, and, I, and I wonder if your wife is that. She, she is and I don't think she knows it. I think it's just, just that's just how she operates, and she's okay with it. Um, I've never <laughs> heard anyone describe describe the, you know the relationship I have with my wife like that or anyone else. Because um, you know I don't I don't know if I see myself as a, a majestic you know something as incredible as a bald eagle, but um, no, she gives me every freedom in the world to do what I want, um, and there's no question about it. Um, and I, I'm incredibly lucky that she allows me to do this. With, I mean, without without that support, without her desire to see me succeed, then this wouldn't happen. You, you know that. Um, it would it would be too painful for both of us if she didn't want me to do this. You know, and we've had the decision. I mean, we've had the talk of, you know, is it time for me to stop after you know to quit after we go home? She's like, you know, that's your decision. But I love seeing you do what you do. You know. Yeah, isn't it great? Do you like watching her work out? Yes, she hates it. <laughs> she doesn't like me watching her. I get into it, you know. Um, I, it's gotten to the point where like I don't like to be in the gym sometimes whenever she's training because or when she's exercising. She exercises almost every day, um, but I get like, you know, I want to I want to push her, and she like doesn't want to be pushed. She wants to exercise to feel good and be healthy and you know look fit and everything, and I'm like. Why aren't you vomiting after your workout? Why aren't you just <laughs> gas? And she's like, I don't want to feel like that, you know. <laughs> I love I love watching my wife work out. We um, it's, fun. it's You always hear people who can't work out with their wives or, or whatnot. Um, since we have kids, we don't work out nearly as much, like almost never. But before we had kids, for you know, 
10 years. We did every single workout together and it's the best. It was so, yeah. it's so fun watching someone you love move. It, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's awesome. During, during the off season, I mean, we have an awesome garage gear gym here in Oklahoma and so that's where she works out most of the time. Sometimes goes to our affiliate. Um, but, you know, we'll do EMOMs together. We'll, we'll just be in the same garage together. When the, I mean, those are awesome times. I love those. But then, I get kind of into like that competitive season and I'm like, I don't think you're hurting bad enough. Um, so we've said some nice things about your wife. Now let's say some bad things about your wife. Why is she painting a chair in a garage 10 feet away from one of the most perfect human machines? Um, while he's doing the ski erg, I, 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 I wanted to reach into that video and like pick her up like a puppy dog by the neck and just move her, her and her chair outside. Like, okay, ma'am, you have to take your paintbrush and your chair outside. You cannot. It's a funny story. So that was right whenever we moved to Oklahoma. Um, my mom, she's, she's a op- ophthalmologist. She's an eye surgeon, but she loves to decorate and like interior design. And we got a bunch of these, this old furniture from Louisiana. Um, and she wanted us to paint it while she was gone so that she can come and decorate the house. And so that was a Thursday. It was a rest day. I don't even know if I had decided to compete that year yet. I think I was still retired. Um, retired. retired or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, and I was, I, she and I were painting chairs. And then I saw some challenge thrown on Instagram from Sean Sweeney. It's like, how many calories can you do on the skier in five minutes? And I was like, I bet I could do pretty well at that so i just went and grabbed the skier and started ripping on it okay um, so it's your fault you're taking responsibility she was there first yeah, we, we were both there first you know and then i was like let me see if i can do this real quick so you were painting that chair also mm-hmm. before just yeah. prior to that video yes oh that's amazing and did, did, what, what does she say does she think you're crazy or does she just like put your brush uh, in a can of turpentine and let you go out scurry away I mean, I think it's normal for us at this point, you know, the, the number of times I've like walked out of doing things or being with people to whether it's study or train is I mean, more than we can count. Probably. I mean, started in undergrad. I mean, I remember we were, uh, she had an apartment at LSU where we both went to undergrad. Um, that was walkable to the campus. It was like the first game football game, um, and tailgating in Louisiana is huge. Like it's a, it's an event to go, um, on like a Saturday to an LSU football game. And so we had some friends over at the apartment and we were walking over to campus and in the back of my mind, I was like, there's a lot of physics homework I got to get done by Tuesday. And so midway walking to campus, I was like, Chris and I got to go back to the apartment and do work. So I was like, I'll, 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 I'll find you later in the day, but I got to go get this physics work done. So, you know, you, you know how to prioritize. Um, I know how to not fail. Wow. Wow. Uh, Sacrifice. I mean, sacrifice isn't a scary subject to me. No, I don't even really believe in sacrifice, but, but what do you mean by that? Tell me that. It's sacrificing like the easier things, right? The easier thing would have been to continue walking and going, having a good time and having some drinks or whatever and having a, a good Saturday and then dealing with the problem tomorrow. Um, but it wasn't a, that hard of a decision for me to say, what if I can't get it done tomorrow? 
I need to get on it now, give myself more opportunity to succeed. Um, and you know, it's like the snowball, you know, little sacrifices become easy and then you make harder sacrifices and those become easy and then you make harder sacrifices. And, but again, it's like, it's, it's the sacrifices, what you want to do to, to please yourself or others for what you need to do for like that, that long term goal. And, and, and it's really difficult to enjoy, uh, enjoy a timeout where you're supposed to be letting go when, when you have, when you, when you have other stuff that needs to be done. It, it, yes. it's, it's not even, if you can only participate in the party 50%, why, why do it? Why not just go take care of what you're going to do and hope that that party arises some other time, right? 100% agree with that. Can you, do you remember the last time that you were drunk? My wedding. And and how long ago was that? November twenty first, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. And and do you, do you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? I mean, I enjoy partying. I, I don't. I mean, I get drunk maybe like three times a year. I don't. I've never really drank. Um, there was like a stint after high school where I was stupid um, for like four months, and it ended whenever I got really drunk. Um, like first semester in undergrad, got really drunk, and. Uh, my alarm went off at 5 a.m. to go lift weights with the guy who was helping me get stronger for CrossFit. And I literally couldn't drag. Like, I was so sick. I was like, all right, so this partying and being stupid is going to prevent me from attaining the goals and getting better. That's not going to work. So I just, you know, I stopped being an idiot then. Yeah, that's that's why I, I, I used to smoke a lot of weed. And I don't know, this is more than 20 years ago. And then when it's like, hey, I can't read this book right now because I'm too stoned or I'm, I'm too lazy to go to the store to do this or I, I want to go to the beach with my dog, but I'm too stoned. And there was, there became so many of those that finally I was just like, this is fucking stupid. This yeah. is actually stopping me from doing what I want to do. Right. And something, ha- yeah. and something has to go. It took one of those for me. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, because it, that, that that night wasn't that important to me. So, you know, weddings I'll I'll enjoy um if they're not in season, you know. Christmas, Thanksgiving, I'll enjoy. But those are the important times to me. You know, the the minutia, you know, the the silly things like, you know, getting drunk on a Thursday night and in undergrad wasn't for me. Yeah. A, a few times this year I've just had like um uh like just one I, I used to drink a lot. I mean, not like a problem, not like, you know, drunk, but I would just drink a lot. You know, like just consistent every day. And then recently I just had to drink, I don't know, like just one kombucha uh, watered down with ice. And I, in with like halfway through it, I'm like, I, I'm, I don't, I like the way I feel sober better. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it, it was weird. I don't know if I, it, it's just a trip. And, and especially someone like you who's taken such good care of your, your vessel. It, you would think that like it would be hard to find a stimulant or a drug that would be better than just being in in your vessel because your your vessel is so yep. good anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be like but putting yeah, a bumper the, sticker on your Ferrari. You know, it might be your yeah. favorite bumper sticker, but it's just still gonna fuck it. There's no bumper sticker that is so good that it's going to make your Ferrari better. Right. Damn, I'm on a roll, Brian. I'm fucking up the metaphors today. <clears throat> it's very good. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Um, what, what ethnicity is your, is your wife? Uh, pick a region, man. 
So her her dad her dad was born in Taiwan, mostly Chinese and Japanese. Um, and her mom, I believe her mom's grandparents were immigrants from Spain and Honduras. Uh, so Kristen Liu is Chinese, Japanese, Spanish, Honduran, Native American. She's uh, got a lot of different ethnicity, but I think she's like fifty five percent Chinese. Uh, her her dad her dad's um is he half and half Chinese and Japanese? No, uh, I don't I don't know what her dad's split is, but uh, his parents were from Taiwan. Um, his dad, so Kristen's grandfather, was a MD in Taiwan, and I believe during uh, like the the German. Um, presence there so he had like i think all of his doctor's notes were in both uh, like uh, mandarin and german um but they fled there came to the united states he went back to medical school in boston moved to st thomas virgin islands um with the three boys you know uh mr peter or my my father-in-law and his two brothers um and so her dad grew up in the Virgin Islands until he decided he wanted to go to boarding school in the States. So he left his parents to go to boarding school in um, on the East Coast. I think it's like New York. And uh, then went to Cornell for med- uh, for undergrad, um, Georgetown for medical school, and then it went, wound up in Louisiana where he met Kristen's mom. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's quite a story. Yeah, there's a couple of amazing – the story is amazing. It's also even more amazing that you know the story. Um, Can you imagine how big and powerful your brain has to be to do Mandarin and German? Yeah, they're a smart crew. Um, My father-in-law went to Cornell in Georgetown. Uh, His brother went to Harvard and Harvard for undergrad and medical school. And that used to mean something. And that used to mean something. It did, yeah. They're uh, they're a name school. I feel I feel stupid around them. Well, it's okay. Harvard <laughs> it, Harvard's a shithole now, but but go yeah. on. <laughs> and then the the third brother was Cornell, and I don't remember where he went to medical school. It might have been Cornell as well. Can you can you but imagine I mean, you went to, to 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 sorry? Can you imagine you went to Harvard and it's turned into what it is? It's like moving to Portland ten years ago and looking what had happened to it. I mean, what? <laughs> what yeah. what? Uh, got, it's like living in Melbourne the, and being locked down for a year. You live in the best Oof. best city in the world, and, and now you have to stay in your fucking apartment. Yeah. I, when I when I picture Australia, I just picture beautiful people, hardly clothed, enjoying themselves on the beaches, having beautiful accents. That's a little prison. Speaking of locking down bald eagles, okay. So, um, um, so your 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 dad and mom, I mean, it, this is like picture book perfect. Your mom and dad are so proud and her mom and dad must be so proud that you guys found each other because there's, I hope so. yeah. Cause there's nothing more you would want for your daughter or your son than to find something, a, a giant brain sitting on a beautiful body. I, I mean, I, I mean I it's a, it's a, it's a good, we're both very blessed, you know, incredibly lucky individuals. Um, and you know, I don't, you, you don't even know the words to, you know, describe our lives and our our luck. You know, especially with her parents and my parents are really good friends. We love our in laws. You know, she loves my parents. I love her parents. It's we're lucky. Yeah, that's cool. Are our kids are kids in the work? 
not in the works, but definitely in the future for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, don't rush it. You got shit to do. I, I, I wonder if you're going – let me ask this question for Brian. Brian, is he going to get so good – you're 25, you said? 26. 26. I'll be 27 in a few weeks. Brian, does he um, does he have the potential to get good enough? Can he put another 100 pounds on that back squat to and, and, and so that he becomes tempted to have the hard talk with his dad? Hey, Dad, I'm going to need a year off. Brandon, how long are you planning to stay competitive in the sport? Yeah, I think I got to take that year by year. Right now, the, I mean, I got to get reconstructive elbow surgery um, after the games. And then I, the plan right now is to take the next year to learn the business, to learn you know what I'm doing and get into a groove with that to where I can um, handle a CrossFit game season. But within that year, to just lift as much as I can. You know, take a step away from the cardio and the conditioning and allow my body to develop a base of strength that I've never given it a chance to, at least not in four years. Um, because that that lifting side of my my game is such a huge hole that's I believe keeping you know, obviously it keeps that, that roof, the ceiling of potential far down. And so until I fix it, it'll keep being an issue. Um, do you know a guy named Logan Clark? I do. Uh, he told me to ask you that. So thanks, Logan. Fuck. He- so wait a second. So I asked you a question and, and, and instead of answering, I thought you needed some more data to answer my question. Is he going to be able to get strong enough, Brian? Help me out here, brother. Help me out. Well, I answer mean- the hard questions. Is he going to be able to get strong enough to where he's like, fuck, I can, I, I can, I can break the top 10. I can get on the podium. I mean, uh, is that his only hole? Is that this guy's hole? Um, it's hard to say. I've li- I mean, I've looked at his competition history kind of closely, and um, you know, he, yeah, the the strength tests, like the the singularly strength tests, are bad, right? Like in the games last year, he was last place on the was it one rep max front squat, like last out of thirty. <laughs> and if you look at his uh, open performance this year and quarterfinal performance, they weren't terrible, but they were like clearly his worst events. I think that I think it was like quarterfinals, oh, good. where. He was like, you know, in, inside the top 66 in North America on everything else and then 565th on the lifting. So it's like a noticeable gap. But when I, the, the other thing that like, just being like totally honest, when I look at the stage one performance from last year's games and there's a ton of things I don't know about it, his next worst performance was in the workout that I thought was like the best indicator of overall fitness, which was Naughty Nancy. But there's a couple, like, there's a couple, there's a lot of stuff that I, that I might not know. But just from a numbers perspective, that performance to me is more concerning than the the lifting stuff. And, and what what was Naughty Nancy? <laughs> that was like the five rounds of four hundred run, twelve bar facing burpees, twelve overhead squats at one eighty five or something like that. And, and and what did you see, Brian? Was it his running? Well, we didn't. It was you know I didn't get to see everyone do it because it was a virtual competition. But I'm just when I looked at the tests from stage one, I thought. Like if I was going to pull just one test out of here, out of these seven, that's the one I would look at to try to have like the best picture of fitness because a lot of them were just singular. There was like a, a single row. There was a handstand hold. There was a one rep max. Um, the other ones were like, like friendly Fran. It's, it's a fun test, 
but I don't like to me, it's not a great indicator of overall fitness because there's a lot of range of motion questions. It's such a short time domain. You could easily get a bunch of no reps on your thrusters and then that just decimates the workout. So that one I feel like was the best just singular data point from that particular set of tests. If I, if I wanted to see someone's general fitness capacity, because you still have to be strong to overhead squat that 185, but it's a different kind of strength and the time domains 20 minutes. And anytime you pair running with a barbell, it's going to be tough. You add in some burpees, then you have to be fit. Yeah, I think that was a separation workout in the games for sure. Like where you really saw the guys who had that that gear, that gas tank that other people didn't. And uh, it wasn't a great event for me. Let, let me let me throw this um, wrench into your thought process, Brian. He beat Will Morad at the West Coast Classic in every single workout but one, but Will finished better than him. He also took first place and beat Colt Sager in uh, the one, two, three, one, two, three, in the fourth workout. He has no, he's only a hundred points. He's less than a hundred points. He's 98 points away from first place. I, I wonder what the average gap is in the semifinals between first place and fifth place. I know it's not comparing necessarily oranges to oranges, but if you compared those, but he, he doesn't have, usually you see people with these huge holes. His worst finish is 13th. I mean, that's close to a huge hole, but I wouldn't say it's a scroll huge left. hole. Scroll left. Scroll left. Uh oh. Yeah, look at the first event, Savon. The which event? I can't, the first one. I can't scroll left. In the first event, you got sixth. Oh, to the left. No, I got 22nd in the snatch ladder. On the game, seven events. On the game set, you can only ever see six events oh. at a time. Ah. It says, to, oh. So, oh, okay. Well, and, and then there, so then there we go. And, and that also is a justification. That also is an argument right there. If he, if he figures that, can he figure out a snatch in one year? The snatch is, that's the uh, workout he injured his elbow on. Which we should ask right. him about. Yeah. We'll go right there after this. I, I mean, I, I think that these numbers are promising. But I'm not the expert, Brandon. I'm, I'm the fanboy. Brian's the expert. So, <laughs> Well, I have... Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot to... Oh, Brandon, lot I to mean, there's the, for me, when I was looking at the West Coast Classic, there were eight about eight guys that I thought would have been solid candidates to go to the games, and he was in that eight. And, uh, well, thanks. you know... It was, uh, I w but I was really concerned after the f first event. I mean, I'd like you, if you could tell us what, what it was like from your perspective, because for me, he was, you know, very relevant in the conversation. First event, he walks off the floor holding his elbow and I'm thinking he's done. And then sure enough, he comes back out on the floor later in the day and takes sixth place in the next workout. But before we go there, let's start at the end here. I want to ask a question, and then we'll go back and, t and talk about that, that in, in, in really excruciating detail. Maybe you could even muster up a tear for us. Um, shouldn't you be taking the year – you, you hyperextended your elbow in the first event. Shouldn't you be taking the um, year off? Shouldn't you – isn't there a chance that you're going to do more damage to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no guarantee I can ever make it back. Damn. So, is that a hard decision? No. Um, did anyone, like your wife or your dad or your mom, um, tell you that, hey, tr try to talk you out of going? My, I think my mom kind of hinted at it. Um, That's a good mom. Me, That's a good mom. She called me on Monday. I got an, I finally got an MRI after it, um, you know, three weeks later or whatever. Uh, she called me on Monday and was like, hey, you don't have a UCL. 
I was like, oh, oops. What's a UCL? So completely... My uh, my ulnar collateral ligament is torn in my elbow. So I, I tore my UCL in that snatch. Is that is that th- is that something that goes on the outside of your elbow here? Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's that it's that ligament that pitchers tear. Tommy John and they get it, Tommy John surgery. But if you hyperextended your elbow, wouldn't that one be safe and it be one on the inside that's jacked up? <sighs> I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm I'm. Not, what do I know? Do you have to go? No, sorry. He, my professor was just knocking on the door. We got clear doors over here so he can see me. Oh, okay. He was telling you you look nice. Did he point at your shirt and say, give you two thumbs up? Yeah, he's wearing the same shirt, actually. So. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no. Oh. I was going to what is that, standard issue? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you get to the semifinals. Are you pretty pumped and you think you can you can, you can can finish in the top five? Yeah, I mean, you have to believe you can finish. You do you, you have to believe you can achieve the goal. Otherwise it's out of the question. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're scared shitless. And the first event is what Brian, what's the snatch ladder look like? Uh, yeah. ten eight six four two. Technically there were windows that you had to hit each of those lifts in. They had to be squat snatches. And for men started at one eighty five and built all the way up to two sixty five. I think in 20 pound incre- increments. And, and what was your max snatch going into this event? Two eighty. Okay. And, and and what were your thoughts about the event? Did you think you could finish it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did it twice in practice. The first time I did it, it was like I missed 265 twice and 245 once and finished in 830 or so. Did it again, a little more confident, um, had zero misses, finished in 713. And uh, at semis, I hit my first 265 snatch, which is the first time I hyperextended it. Um under the pace that I needed to like finish and still beat my my best time of like seven thirteen, I think it was so, sorry. Um, was two sixty five the last lift or the second to last? Last 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 so last bar, reps. but you had to lift it twice, right? Okay, yeah. so let, let me slow you down here. So you 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 approach your your two sixty five lift, which you have to hit twice. How much time is left on the clock? I couldn't tell you. Okay, I mean I was I think I was I think I hit the first one under seven minutes. And, and, and is that that's where you're saying you hyperextend your elbow on the first lift? The first time I hit 265, um, like I, I caught it, heard some crunching in the elbow, like some snap, crackle, pop. Um, didn't feel good, but I was able to stabilize it and stand it up. Um, dropped it, shook off the elbow, and I think at that point is is in my head, and so I went back to 265, a little bit scared of getting under it because I was afraid of like, I wanted to catch it and be able to press it out instead of catching it with like extended arms. You mean, like you're supposed to, you mean like to protect yourself? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I missed it twice and then that, that's, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign right there. Right? Like I've never heard anyone ever say that. I want to catch this thing with bent elbows. As soon as you heard your brain say that you're like, uh Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the but, engine uh, light going on. It's like, Hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So had some internal dialogues like, dude, you got to get under this. Like you can't, you can't be soft with it. Cause I mean, it's already like close, so close to the one reps, only 15 pounds off. And, um, you've done 29 snatches before that you got to get under it. And so I freaking dove under it and caught it. And then that was a real, it fucking hurt. Um, dropped it. I was like, I'm done. I, I just tore every ligament in my elbow. It's gone. Um, went to the tent 
and they were like you know gingerly moving it around and pressing on it and asking if things hurt but like the adrenaline like you already don't feel anything once you're back there because the adrenaline's still pumping um so they put some ice on it and i was like they're like take some ibuprofen i was like that's not helpful so uh threw the threw the ice away went back and um i was like they said it's structurally fine. They don't think anything's torn. So let's just take it one at a time and see what we can do. And uh, that's what we did. Uh, in the video, can you see that the arm actually gets into an angle that's like... Yeah, let me... Do you care if I try to pull it up? No, that would be great. That would be he, awesome. You, he, I think he put a... And, and then if your if you're medical physis, physicist shit that you described that I pretended to understand doesn't work and the games doesn't work, you could come on and replace Ryan as a producer on our show and... <laughs> You could do this. It doesn't pay, but I'll think about it. Okay. I don't want to take Brian's job. You're a good dude. So Not Brian, was... Ryan, Brian. Brian's job is I don't want Brian. you taking Brian's job either. Um so this is the still shot from a slow motion. Let me see if I can there it is. Oh. Oh my goodness. What are you about it's to not supposed to look like that? Unless you're throwing a fastball. My God. Okay. Yeah. And so here's my the God. Uh, let me see if I can get the slow motion had you seen that before brian yeah he posted it let's see if we can get the slow motion of it oh you're a good dude you are a good dude you now pass jason hopper is my favorite guest and there it goes yeah your mama doesn't want to see that Mm. there it goes whoop falls backward this is what i watch and i'm when i'm there right on the competition floor and i'm thinking man that really sucks brandon's done for this weekend I thought it was. So when, but I didn't know it was torn. If I was knew it was torn, I would have dropped out. Has, I'm going to ask a really stupid question. Feel free to pound me in the YouTube comments, people. Um, is, has any healing occurred? Uh, yeah, like the swelling's gone down, so it bends better. Um, but it's, it, I mean, it still hurts to get in a front rack. Um, I did snatch like 185 this week. Oh, you're out of your fucking um, mind. I mean – what else am I supposed to do? Uh, um, you gotta go, you gotta see go you... swimming with that hot wife of yours. I don't know. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I mean, little things hurt. Um, there's, there's some things I can do and some things that are pretty excruciating. Are you right-handed? Um, yeah. Can you, so, can you soap your butt still? Uh, I don't do that anyway. Oh, you don't, you don't watch. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow. Just uses the bidet. <laughs> We've just opened up a great <laughs> subject here. Uh, literally, seriously, can you soap? Can you can you like reach back there? Yeah. So can you brush your I mean, teeth still? I, I snatched one eighty five. It's a functioning <clears throat> elbow. It's just not stable. It's a functioning elbow. It's just not stable. Yeah, like it like. I, I mean, I hear you. I want every now and then, and kind of clicks and clunks. So like you could reach back farther now, like if something felt like was in your back seat and you needed it while you're driving with that extra bend in that direction, you can, you can grab shit better. Uh, no, the, the extension hurts, man. It's like that bicep and forearm tendon where they kind of insert into the elbow in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Like through here mm-hmm. is really tight still. Um, cause I think they're extra like kind of like clenching on right now. Um, so I'm trying to get that to calm down and trying to build up some strength and stability and everything else around it and some flexibility in my wrists and shoulders so that I can get into the positions I need to be in without sacrificing, you know, st- stability in the elbow, I guess. Have you had- so I'm trying to take away all the stability from the elbow joint and move it into the muscles around and then like the shoulder and wrist. Huh. 
<laughs> I don't like this at all. Um, have you have you had anything injected into it? Um, performance I, enhancing or not? I got a uh, so I talked to someone from HQ. Um, and they said I need a, a medical exemption to get a cortisone shot. So that's the plan to get a cortisone shot for the games, and then um, have you procured procured the out. medical exemption for that? I don't know how long it takes. I hope I'm not too late. Brian, well, you're. I didn't know. Well, well that's a. I, you know, I, that's the first I've heard of uh, of that being even a possibility. So, just curious about mm-hmm. it because t- so, yeah, the timeline of things is the- uh, this whole season. The timeline yes. of things with regards to CrossFit is very questionable. So, I was wondering when that communication yeah. happened and what the process is like to uh, yeah, get that approved earlier. It was earlier this week that I found out I could get a medical exemption. So today on the to-do list is to see what I need to do to get that. If I don't get it, I just won't get the cortisone shot. Right. You still can. You still can compete. Yeah. But that would obviously probably go. Honestly, the pain's the pain's a good reminder that I got to be smart. But I mean, there's because like like Savan was asking, like there's risk for hyperextension again because obviously the ligament's not there. There's also like risk for like bone bruising and other things like that um like cartilage damage but for the uh there's for the rest of the weekend what did you do did you just you just wrapped it up ibuprofen icy hot and then like <laughs> i kept putting a sock over my elbow because the icy hot was like all over my elbow just trying to numb it um people like nice elbow brace you know it's like let's just keep the icy hot out of my hands so it didn't get in my eyes um, but yeah, we had like a little brace for things that I felt like I might need it on, which wasn't really too much, like the the dumbbell shoulder overhead, um, and then like I think the handstand pushups were the only thing I used. It yeah, for. I was curious if it, if it affected um, either the handstand pushups or ring muscle ups at all. Have any of the announced workouts concerned you sp- uh, specifically regarding your um, your the health of your elbow? Not yet. Um, I was able to do like bar muscle ups the other day. Uh, although like my shoulder is really screwed up i think partially probably because i caught it weird that 265 it's still been like not comfortable but i mean bar muscle ups are doable ring muscle ups are doable and so that second event whether they're ring or bar um should be safe um the rope climbs i don't think are legless legless rope climbs are hard because it's a weird angle in a weird pool um and it kind of torques on the elbow in a way that i don't appreciate um, but I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So, so far, nothing's really scared me in terms of like safety or like doability. Is any part of this, sorry to beat this dead horse. Is any part of this shitty, like, 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 um, the night of your high school graduation, you, you can't party cause you know, in the morning you have to take your SATs. I mean, is, is any part of this like just fucked? Like you're like, God, d-, like, no, no, I mean. I don't like it. I don't wish that this was like the situation I was in, but I mean, <laughs> you, you, I'm, I'm here to just do what I do. See what, see what I can do in the situation I'm in with the tools I'm given. You know, that's, that's the, that's the base case with it. Um, obviously I wish my body was healthy and I was able to do everything without, you know, second guessing whether it was going to fuck up my elbow or not. But that's not the situation I'm in, and like we said, like if if I if I was like, look, I'm not 100. I'm not going to compete at the games. I'm going to get reconstructive surgery, and I'll try to come back 
next season or two seasons from now or whatever, who's to say that, you know, I can get back ever every season. Like the people are getting, the athletes are getting so good every year. Um, you know, what if Kristen has a kid and I'm not, not willing to, you know, take time away or, you know, what if the, the business just grows too much or I'm, it just requires too much energy. You mean if the There's kid's no, yours, if the kid's yours, if she has a kid and it's yours. Yeah. If it's not my kid, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But there's no guarantee that I could ever do this again, and so I'm not I'm not passing up the opportunity to to be out there. I've done it. I've gone to the games once and not appreciated what I got to do. I'm not going to do that again. What do you mean by that? What? Yeah, in 2018, I was so embarrassed by my performance there that I didn't appreciate just the opportunity to be there. Um, you didn't like seriously? Were you embarrassed, or are you just using that word loosely? I wasn't. No, I was embarrassed. Uh, like I was. I mean, I say embarrassed. I mean, I came in last in like so many events. The first day, I, I took like a 36, the 38, the 40th in the first three events. I was like, so this is the CrossFit Games. These aren't fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think um, I think what he's saying is he didn't embrace what Sean Woodland always says, which is you don't realize how good you have to be to suck at the CrossFit Games. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, but like. All, every single one of us out there is like so competitive. I mean, that's how you get to that point that it doesn't matter if you're with the 39 other fittest humans in the world and every single one of them is better than you or not. You don't want to be 40th, you know? Um, I mean, Josh Bridges beat me in the CrossFit total with a bum knee, like basically didn't squat and still beat me in the CrossFit total, you know? It's, and No, yeah, no, I mean, he didn't. You, you beat him in that. Oh, did I? Get, that's the only reason I beat him because he couldn't squat. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's interesting is I look at Dallin Pepper below you at, at the West Coast Classic. He took second place, and you hurt yourself. That's mm-hmm. that's really uh, it's it's really it's re, it's really a testament to your grit, man. It's it's it, is this the grittiest story coming out of the uh, semifinals, Brian? I mean, honestly, it's a, it reminds me of. Um, you know, Vellner's re- regional when he tore his bicep in event one and went on to, to qualify. Like, it's pretty impressive. You know, that I watched that whole regional probably a month before competing at semis. I was like, is that, that might have been in the back of my head whenever I was at semis. You know, Vellner did it without a bicep tendon, so why can't I do it without a little ligament in my elbow? Let's yeah. speak about, talk, let's talk about Patrick Vellner and his bike riding. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm going to tell you what I saw. I'm going to see a buffoon on a bicycle who swerved across the lanes, hit you. First of all, he almost, I, I watched the video 40 times last night. I didn't even realize it was Patrick Vellner until I read read down below in the comments. But he, he looks like he's going to ride his bike into a hay bale. <laughs> then he swerves around the hay bale and fucking hits you. And I'm going to tell you what I read your body language as, and it's only a split second, but like – he he's lucky he kept riding. Like there may have been an instantaneous. Is you were a good sport on your Instagram, but it looked like someone was about to get fucking souffled, soufflexed. Dude, like I was like, gonna... get through the. In my head, I was like, get through the first lap, don't crash, and then start working. You know, wait for like everyone to kind of spread out a little bit, so it's a little bit safer. I was like, just don't crash on the first lap. Last turn, first lap, dude, over the handlebars into the pavement. I wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah, you look pissed. You look like a fucking 
like a like you were looking for something to punch. Like I, I as you looked down, the, did you know it was him right away? No, so I didn't know it was him until like the next day. Um, and he, funny story, he got a new bike, right? Uh-huh. Because his chain popped off. I had my old bike from that accident. My, from that accident, yeah. Okay, my, my brakes didn't work, but my and my handlebars were crooked, but I could still bike. Uh-huh. Um, and so I ended up because he had to run to the station and get a new bike, and someone had to put my chain back on and got me back on the bike. I caught back up with him, and uh, I didn't know it was him. I, just, I figured something had happened to him. And so like, I come up behind him. I was like, kind of chatting with him. I was like, hey, let's work together and see if we can catch someone. So we took turns drafting off each other to like conserve energy and like bike a little bit faster. We ended up catching like a small group of people who had fallen off the back and passing up like three or four people. Um, oh, Velner's a good dude. What a great redemption story. <laughs> he, he at least helped me get back up there. Yeah. What if he would have looked back at you and been like, aren't you the dude who took like a 38th, a 40th, and a 32nd the last year? Was, was it that year's games? No, that was my first year of the games. So that, oh. was, that was the start of my shitty day. What if he would have just looked back and been like, dude, you suck. Get back. Get back. <laughs> Don't talk to him. Like, All right. Thanks. <laughs> That, I'll just draft off of you the rest so of the So that's way. fascinating that you cut that that then you the the guy who fucking put you down uh, um I mean he's lucky he didn't go down. Yeah. He's so I lucky. I mean he he I mean I think he hit like my front tire and just turned it ninety degrees. I went over it. Luckily, I mean he didn't, but I mean it, I was glad to take that fall for him. It was some great drunk driving shit. I mean it's a great who who took that video? I don't know. Someone sent it to me on Instagram. Um that later that day some some spectator. some of the uh some of the crossfit media knew that that turn was probably going to be like the biggest likelihood for something like that happen happening so a couple of them had intentionally positioned themselves there it was a it was a wacky turn man yeah, it, 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 it didn't it, fit it, with the rest of the course really it's epic mm-hmm. i'm glad i found that as i dug through your uh well, that day must have been pretty brutal. So you have three three events that you're like not very excited about, and then you have to finish off the day with a just casual marathon row. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, I finished the CrossFit Games. I was like, I don't know if I like this or not. <laughs> you know. But, but after that day, you get it. You had a day off, and you come back, and you end up having your best event in event five, mm-hmm. that end up being your best event for the season for the entire yes. weekend. Um, so that yeah. that to me. Sh- you know, I said some things earlier that maybe not such positive, which is okay. But that to me is a good sign that like you could put that behind you, come back and say, Hey, this is kind of like what you're saying this year. I might not have this chance again. So there must yeah. have been some kind of something in your brain like that then. Um, maybe, but I mean, I was, I was so green. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing out there, man. Um, like, I, I mean, I came into the games way overtrained, spread thin. Then competed at the games, just underfed, under recovered. Didn't know how to warm up or cool down. Or, dude, I was, I was out of sorts over there. And so I learned a lot that year, um, and hopefully, I can use that wisdom this year and have a little bit of a better outcome. But uh, different mindset this year for sure. Well, if I look at your results from that year, the, the some of the better performances are indicators to me that you could you can do significantly better at the games. I mean Battleground is a games style event. Chaos is a unique to the games event. You did you know average in the field in the swimming event and the longer um events you, you you can hold your own even in the ruck run like you're taking a top 5 at the semifinals. And those are things that are often exposed at the games but they actually seem to be places where you excel. 
I've been working on those things a lot more. I mean, I, we learned a lot um, every year. And uh, la I mean, last year I wasn't training to be an individual competitor. I was training to be a, a team competitor all year until I until the whole thing went to, I mean, went under the table. And um, so, I mean, this year's training has been quite different from years past for sure. What was it like being on the demo team? I feel like I got demolished. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you say that. You ruined my punchline. You ruined my punchline. <laughs> Tell me about that. It's so funny. Um, I, t I told Dave that I was getting you on uh, the podcast, and he goes, ask him what it was like getting his, sh his shit handed to him in every single workout by the Panchik brother. And I go, which one? He goes, I don't know. Not Scott, but the other one who made it to the games. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's a sweetheart. He's such a nice he guy. He is a good dude. No, um, that's so funny that you you saw it that way too. That that there's another piece to you that's fascinating. By the way, you're very realistic. You're very uh, you seem very grounded. But go but go on. So tell yeah. me about demo team. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I was after the games. I mean, I had kind of put off some of my responsibilities at work going into the games, and so after the games, it's like, all right, I, I got to catch back up with work. I got to schedule a shitload of you know inspections and things that I've been like kind of neglecting, so that I could spend a little bit more time training. And so, you know, diet out the window, sleep out the window, just like trying to catch up on work. And then, like a week before flying out or whatever, someone, one of the guys over there, reached out to me. He was like, hey, do you want to come do? like the demo at the game or for at the, at the ranch and run through the events of the game. It's like, I mean, how do you pass up that opportunity? What year is this? I've trained, I've trained like one day since the games, but I'll come. No, this is a uh, 2020. Okay. Less yeah. than a year ago. Um, so yeah, with the, the event with like it ended, it ended with Atlanta and had the, the long run. Um, so I was like, I don't know how yet pass up that opportunity. I didn't know who else was going, got there. Um, Saxon was there, and uh, I was like, "So, man, like, we were like at Chipotle before we started the next day." I was like, "You've been like training a lot." He's like, "Dude, I've been training really hard for this. Like, I want to show Dave that you know, I deserve to be out there." And I'm like, "I'm a really good at like." I was like, "Oh, <sighs> sweet." <laughs> I mean, like, it took it took me one week to get out of shape, and I didn't, you know, I, I just like mentally wasn't quite in there. Physically, definitely wasn't. And he handed me my my dinner every day and told me I could eat it. You know, <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> Twenty twenty eighteen games were embarrassing, but getting your butt whooped by one person on every single event was embarrassing as well. But I mean, it was a really cool experience to be there. I mean, there was no points or anything, so <clears throat> wasn't no one recorded it except. Did for you guys? Dave did you test? Uh, did you test swimming stuff against him? Yeah, that that one we tied on. I thought that so might have been a good we one. We tied for you. on that interval piece. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we it was it was interesting because I would beat him one way and he would beat me the other way by just like a second or two, and so it ended up coming out in the wash and we tied like to the second. Well, uh, and who else was there besides Saxon? Um, the girls were Christy Aramo and Andrea Nisler. And how did they do? Were they tearing it up too? Yeah, they're pretty impressive athletes. Very different athletes too, because you know Chris, Chrissy's like a smaller individual and you know good at gymnastics and like longer endurance events. 
Andrea Nistler's, you know, taller female, really powerful. It just like crushes like the, you know, the heavier weights. And so it was, that was like a, a different, very different um, skill set each of them had. What's her name? Andrea Nissel? Nistler. Andrea Nistler. She's on Nistler. uh She's on Rich Froning's team with Taylor Williamson. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen pictures of those yeah. girls. They are impressive. Hey, um, Brian, weren't you saying something in a podcast about how people who go to the, the demo team is the is you know, um, um, anecdotally the the path to the games? Um, I don't know. I don't know about if I said that or weren't not. You, I mean, those are my words, but weren't you saying that, like, hey, look at all the people who've been on the demo team the year they're not on the games, and then the next year, look at all these people. I mean, it, it, all those people who were on his demo team, they obviously weren't going to the games last year, and now they're all four of the names he said are going to the games. Well, no. We all competed at the they games They were all games year. athletes last year, but they just didn't make the top five. It was like such an exclusive group that was able to make that, so... You know, and I think that's a different, like, okay. different sample size of demo athletes than most years. I th- right. And I think you get a kind of a hybrid on the demo team where you have people who've made it once or twice that are like close but didn't make it, but Dave knows that they can still compete and therefore give him what he wants, or guys that are just on the verge and maybe barely missed and Dave's curious about, but also it's like, hey, these guys have kind of proven to me that they deserve a chance. So I think you get a little blend. And you may be able to put on your resume that you made it to the games last year, but in my book, as from the Sevon podcast, we do not give you credit for going to the games. It was only five of five. Um, that makes sense. I, I wonder if God, I'm just beating up on Brandon, poor Brandon now. Um, I, I wonder if Dave, when Brandon came out here, he's like, if, if he yelled at the guy who called Brandon, like, "Hey, this guy didn't really make it to the games. What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> no, he he did ask who I was. <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, man." Uh, you know, what's funny about that is, is I, th- I think he played that game with uh, uh, Danielle Brandon, too. Like, he asked her, what's her Instagram? And she's like, hey, man, eat a dick. I saw you creeping in my story. Like, you, you know my you know my Instagram. So he probably knew I'm, who I'm, you were. I'm interested to know. Like, I, I don't know if he, he – he probably knew who she was, but he had – I don't think he had a clue who I was. I don't know if he knows who gets picked or what. Um, but I generally don't – because he was like, have you ever been to the games before? I was like – yeah, in 2018, and he's like, "Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> all right." You know, sometimes he says in interviews that he doesn't. He's not like when he's at the games, he's not watching the athletes or the competition. He's watching like the bigger picture stuff. And and when you hear stories like that, you you want to believe. You, you almost have to believe. Well, he mentioned something very similar like that um, while we were there. Like well-known athletes, he like still didn't know certain things like that. You know, I feel like the community knows about these guys as like well known in the community. Um, I I don't, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what it might be, but like, or you know, he wouldn't know certain well known athletes. Like, what's their deal or whatever? And like, I feel like that's a commonly known thing, you know, especially being like the director of our what we do. He definitely <laughs> yeah. he definitely is big picture. He definitely does not fall yeah. into the weeds and is hyper focus which i think is which i think is good yeah because it's almost like a much more um objective um way he goes about his job there's no bias really um it's much more like data driven i believe and um like created like out of the depths of his mind and not really influenced by 
what's hot on Instagram. Oh, people like to talk about, oh, you know, this games was programmed for Fraser. This games was programmed for Froning. And I, I've never gotten that sense, especially the more that no. I've learned little, little things like that about Dave. I mean, even this year, people are like, oh my God, look at how great these first five events are for Tia. They're, they're like messaging me on Instagram. This I'm like, what first five events wouldn't be good for her? <laughs> She's just a really good athlete. You know? I don't think Dave gives a shit about who wins. No, I don't think so That's either. That's my opinion. But I do, I do think the year Spieler made podium, that was the only year that the games were programmed for a specific athlete. Oh, that's before my time. That that was in like 2011. Wow, we should talk about that some some other time, stuff. But there's no fucking way that guy gets on the podium. There's no way unless (laughs) unless there's home cooking. Dude, CrossFit was young then. So was Spieler. Brandon, do you have any um, friendly or not friendly rivalries with the guys like from the old South Regional? Uh, no rivalries or anything. Um, you don't secretly just like you're like, man. Wh- however it goes at the games this year, I just hope I beat Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've been talking to my dad. <laughs> nah, my dad's been like, I don't care where you come in, just beat Sean. I'm like, what you gotta get Sean? He's a nice guy. He's like, I don't know. Y'all just been. He never. You never beat him on anything. So just beat him this time. No, nah, just it's like you know, it's it's it's. The landscape's changed in the sport, and so people like you were in at the regionals for a couple of years there, and mm-hmm. you, you know, re- regularly had to compete against and beat the same guys to get there. And as it's evolved, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you and Sean easily could have ended up at different semifinals this year mm-hmm. and had totally separate paths. The fact that you are obviously friends and have gotten to make it through that same path is cool. But I just always yeah. kind of wonder if um, you're like, you know. Roy Gamboa, you might have got me at the 2018 regionals and 2018 games, but this is 2021, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't worry about any individual athlete, really. Um, and I, I don't worry about where they're placing or what they're doing. It, it detracts from the goal. Uh, and I think something I used to do was think way more about um, my perform, like the, the outcome of uh, of performance instead of like, the performance itself. And I think that's a different mindset I've, I've started having and competing, which I think is good. D- just detracting myself from the, the result. Uh, it, when, when you're at the games, could you do me a favor? Depends on the favor. It's pretty, I, would you just say hi to Travis Mayer for me? If you see him, just be like, Oh, Hey, my friend Sevon um, really likes you. And just tell him hi. Just be like, he just wanted me to say hi to you. I can do you're that. You're awesome. Thank you. You will. Oh, no problem. I would ask you to sign something, get us autograph, but I know you won't have like a pen and paper or anything. But I would love to ask another games athlete for their autograph oh, for you. Dude, that would be awesome if you could get that. If you could get Travis Mayer. And if you do that, Travis yeah, Mayer. and have someone else film that too. That would be He only great. wants two. He wants Travis Mayer and Carolyn Prevo. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> if you could get a picture of the two of them. With with you, gonna, the three of you I'm together, take, I will. I would love to post I'm that. Like, I'm gonna take a selfie with them in the background, uh-huh. get it printed out at CVS, and then go back and ask them to sign it. That's dope. That would be amazing. I feel like I feel like they would both just like just punch me in the face if I did that in the middle of competing. Uh, Carolyn would probably kick you, but um, have have you ever been to her? You check out her Instagram. She's got. She's okay. a, a a fourth degree in black belt in taekwondo. There's some. Oh, no yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Protect your chin at all times. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and and Brian, I think you I think you pronounced her name wrong. I think you pronounced the S. 
You're supposed to pronounce this? No, you're not supposed to. Oh, I didn't. So thank oh, you. Okay. Um. Uh, we're going to wrap up here, but it, it, do you think it's interesting the fact that you, Colton Mertens, um, Justin Medeiros, um, that that there's this wrestling pedigree that turns to CrossFit, and do you, what, what do you think translate from from wrestling to CrossFit? I mean, there's there's Chris Spieler was a wrestler, yeah. collegiate wrestler. Josh, Alex Anderson was and his older brother were wrestlers. Josh Bridges, um, Jared Enderton. There's a fair number of wrestlers. Jared Enderton was a wrestler? Mm -hmm. My God. He was a good wrestler. Yeah, I bet. He just throws people up into the stands. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think wrestling has like just a a large blend um, that doesn't really – like I think there are some sports that require such specific skill sets to be good at them. But when when you come into wrestling, the skill set besides the physical skill set like is – you can have so many different styles of an, of a wrestler, but like the mental grind that we, we go through is very similar to what you got to do. And, um, like to be a competitive CrossFit athlete. Um, like, I mean, in high school I was waking up every morning to go run or do calisthenics in like my backyard. And then I'll go to wrestling practice. And then I come home. My dad would sit in my F one fifty and I would push it a hundred meters down the road turn it around and push it a hundred meters back while he just sat there and steered. Like, it's just like that, that kind of like that grind mentality that you, you learn as well as like the outside disciplines of like diet and sleep and recovery and how to just be uncomfortable. You know, not, a, not many other sports ask you to lose eight pounds in a week so that you can make weight and then go perform. I, I wasn't, I, I didn't find CrossFit until I was 34 years old and I didn't play any sports and I wasn't athletic at all. So it wasn't until I was in my thirties that I started exploring, like, you know, when you, you know, when you're doing a workout and you want to quit and then you just let it go by and then it happens a second time and a third time and you just become, um, you become good at just letting those pass, right? It, wa- wa- you yeah. just kind of watch them like clouds passing through. There's no option, right? And you're just, right. you just, so, but but you you learned that at a young age. I started wrestling when I was in fifth grade. Uh-huh. I got good and serious in high school, um, and started like I cut weight pretty seriously for two years in high school. And I remember the last time I decided to cut weight because it was it was tanking my performance, and I was an unhappy kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's like, I mean, how can you not have to push away the desire to eat? when you simply can't, you know, you, you just have to, because the, the other 13 people that are wrestling with you in the tournament rely on you because you got to go and score points, you know? Um, so those, those quit factors are always in there. And, and as, as a child, do you see them clearly or is it different? Like it's, there's no option. There's no option to like quit because, at least for me, because if if you freaking miss weight, like you're a dick. But you still <laughs> you hear know? the voice. Here isn't the right term. You still observe the oh. desire, I guess, and you still have to let it pass, right? I mean, yeah, I never like had. How can, to... you, how can you not desire to drink water before going to sleep because your mouth's so dry? Wake up in the bed with like sweats because you know, like sweating at night whenever because when you don't eat. And your 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 body is just like starving for food. It starts going to like ketogenesis and stuff. It actually like 
you can't sleep at all before you know weighing in and stuff like that so there's always the desire to like eat but i mean you just shove those things away quickly because there's there's no option it, it it's weird that you exist in a world where I would say the vast, vast, vast majority of people in this country have no idea what you're talking about because they fulfill every single one of their desires. And even when their desires can't be fulfilled, they fulfill them with a temper tantrum or a complaint. They plug the hole. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I think it's. I mean, right, it's the average. <clears throat> the average person does the average thing, and the average thing is to give in to like the quick desires and not do the hard make the hard decision and shove away the easy want. I mean, even high level athletes find themselves doing that. Right. Of course. But at least they know, I think, I think, I think the majority of people just don't even know. Do you know what I mean? They, they have an excuse. Yeah. They have a, it's just, it's just fascinating to me that I didn't find it until my thirties. I was basically just fulfilled every single desire in my life until I was in my thirties too. And, and, and people will be like, well, I didn't, I didn't get with this when I was a kid. Well, maybe you fulfilled it with something else, but it, you threw a temper tantrum. There's other ways to fulfill your, your, your desires by then getting them. Mm -hmm. You know, you act out, you do something, but yours is more of a, you, it is meditation. You have to watch it. And it has to pass. You have to, you know, yeah. as the Buddha said, this too shall pass. You, you, you develop the skill of letting sensations, thoughts, um, pass as opposed to reacting to them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and there's a, there's countless opportunities to, to either give into that desire or not. Um, in every aspect. I mean, you, you want, you want to spend money on something you don't need and you really want it for a week. And then after that week, you don't want it anymore. You're like, oh, Glad I didn't spend a hundred bucks on whatever that was. Right. Didn't really need it. Right. You know. Uh, so, Brian, do you have anything else? I'm gonna ask him one more really obscure question. I do. Okay, go. Who's your coach at the games this year? Um, who's going with me? Yeah. Trent Lukey. Um, he's the same guy who came and uh, coached me at semifinals. The guy who programs for me is Seth Page. He used to do Misfits programming. And now Seth he runs did. Jump Ship. Um, but the guy who's always, you know, behind the scenes with me is Trent Lukey. He and I became really good buddies back in Baton Rouge, uh, through CrossFit. He's one of my best friends. Um, so he'll be coming from Louisiana and meet me up there. He's I in know. a tough position, man. Don't you think, Brian? No, no, no. I'm getting somewhere with this. I don't okay. think he's in a tough position. What do you mean? He's taking, um, the, he's taking the guy there that he should be telling not to compete. And instead he's, he's no, I don't okay. agree with that. Okay. He's the one who made me keep going at the West Coast. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so you said earlier that your goal is not to win, but I know you're, you know, just based on the type of guy you are, that you're going to try to, you know, maximize your performance at the games this year. <clears throat> we can assume, uh, you know, 15 tests. I would say it's safe to assume that the entire field is going to do at least 12 of the events. Um, what's the mental, what's the mental approach for something like that as opposed to, a semifinal where it's like six events, seven events, do or die. This is like a lot longer, a lot more at stake. And do you have like a, the wherewithal when you're competing on day one that it is actually just day one? Um, I think I will, you know, uh, but also there's like the aspect of taking one event at a time and capitalizing on that event and not worrying so much about what's coming. Cause what, what you, I mean, if I have a, what if I have a really good opportunity in one event, 
I don't know what's I don't know how I'm going to perform the next day, regardless of whether I go 100 percent or I go 90 percent. Um, and so I think maybe that aspect will come more in like what's safe for you know the injury. But as far as like your performance, like you can't worry about what's coming the next day because you don't fucking know what like place you're going to get on events eight through twelve if you sandbag events one through seven. So you, every event you've got to like optimize in that moment, you know, and then worry about how you can control recovery and the next event that comes up. So, yeah, I mean, and those components, yeah, the recovery, the in between, is that where you think that you guys are at a totally different place than you were a few years ago? Yeah, food, food's in a much better place. Sleep is a much better place. Um, you know, the stretching, the ice baths, the things like that. Um, those are much more at the forefront than they used to be. And um, I do, I do want to, I guess, make a distinction. Um, I, I know you said like the goal for me isn't to win. Um, of course, the the desire is to to. Win. I knew, like, to I knew that. he didn't like hearing that back. I knew, I knew he didn't like hearing that back. You fucked, you fucked with. He's gonna get you. He's gonna get you. He's getting looking, leaning into his camera even a little bit. <laughs> but also, I mean. Savan made the point that, like, I guess I'm a realistic guy. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not naive to be like, you know, I can win with the holes that I have and like knowing like the abilities I have, you know. And so, it would take other people performing suboptimally for me to win. That's like that's the case. It's like everyone else or people ahead of me who are just better athletes. You know, I'm not going to be silly and be like, like I can beat, you know. Cole Sager and Noah Olson from at semis. They are simply better. Like they have the skill sets that I don't. They don't have the holes that I have. And so for me to believe that I can just fill those gaps in a five week period between semis and games is a naive thing for me to say. And so I know that that's not where I'm at. The desire certainly is there, but I don't have those tools. Brian, um, it, it's it's worse than it's it's worse than that. He he, when he says. Uh, Stuff like you, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not going there to win. He, um, Fraser didn't go there to win either. Fraser went there not to lose, and this dude has the exact same problem. Brandon Luckett is afraid of one fucking thing: failure. failure. This guy does not want to lose. He doesn't care about first place. He doesn't want to lose. It's, it's like he, he, he's, he's a, it's another alpha fucking lion. He's a, I mean. He's a giant bear guarding a cave. I mean, it's nuts. You you guys are all you guys are all fucking nuts. And it, it manifests. Yeah, I think, I think every. <laughs> no, it manifests. I mean, it is a in different way. They communicate it in different ways, but it's 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 in there in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't even know if it's in all of them, man. This guy, this this. Uh, you think it's this is? I mean, it, uh, well. Uh, I don't know if all of them can articulate it. Maybe it isn't all of them, but when I when I was doing the research and, and reading about them, that is the theme. And, and I've heard Fraser um, say it too. It's why his second place medal is his favorite medal because it just reminds him, like, hey, the the goal is is to just not lose. And, yeah. and 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 look what he remembers from the demo team. Even you know, it's like he he he's circling around that too. That 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 has to be fixed. I think as long as I'll compete, I'll keep fixing the things so that I don't lose. You know, which is why I, I need to take a year off because, like Brian said, there's some things I need to work on lifting and 
and then coming back in and getting really fit. Um, you know, the pure fitness, something like a naughty Nancy or awful Annie or whatever hey, it was. The run. Does it scream volumes of really how good he is because of the whole? Well, I, I look. I, I think there's a there's like a fine line here because when you look at his performances, if he hadn't hurt himself on that snatch, he probably would have had a top six finish in it. And you, and we know that if it was a one rep max stash, he probably would have been fifteenth to twentieth in that field, maybe worse. I'm not sure. And then if you look at the event he won, it's a power output event, biking, moving a, a heavy sandbag for reps, and he can still get up and down off the ground and over the box on the burpees as a bigger guy. So he has some actually has some attributes that are very valuable. Like he can move maybe high percentages of his relatively low maxes for a lot of reps. And that skill set is arguably more important than the heavy lift, which might like the heavy lift might set you back on one or two, but being able to do the capacity at the high percentage can elevate you in maybe five or six events. So that's a like a really I would say is a really positive thing. And if that if he takes two years away, gets healthy, does whatever, and he's still only twenty eight years old coming back with the experience he already has. That now you're looking at a guy who's a potential serious, you know, serious threat at the games. It's crazy that you took first place in an event after that elbow injury. <laughs> Fucking insane. Didn't need it for that one. Jesus. <laughs> Brandon, luck it. Thanks, dude. Thank you both. Hour and forty eight minutes of, of fun. Thank you. This was cool. Yeah, I appreciate both of you guys for giving me the opportunity to be here. Of course, Brian, man. It was awesome. You see you in a couple of weeks up there. And, uh, man, I was impressed at semifinals. I mean, that was a resilient effort and resiliency, mental toughness, huge components of, of success or not failing at the game. So I'm, I'm excited to see you get you out there again. Thank you so much. We'll see you. And, and hey, uh, maybe we can use you as a, uh, if you're having trouble sleeping at night. Um, after day one or day two or day three, we can jump on a call and I can be like, so what's going on? Did you get that autograph with Travis Mayer? We could do a little podcast and, and help my YouTube channel. I mean, uh, get to know you better. 